Hello and welcome to World Shop, the podcast where we build worlds based off the roll of a 20-sided die. I'm Jordan. And I'm Cody. Cody, before we get into what I need to talk about, how have you been? Been good. Been been all right. Do you do you want me to do you want me to get into my stuff? Because I actually have a few things. I have yeah, a few things. Let, let, let me hear your few things. Okay, so I've been playing more Dark Souls 3. Um how how where are you right now, actually? I think I am at the end of the game. Um what I am you? at the soul of the cinder Old lord. Soul cinder, yeah, you're at the end. You're that's the last boss. So I'm working through that. I just I just fought him and he got to a second-ish stage, but he got to it really quick, so I assume there's probably, like, a 15th stage that I'm gonna have to what barrel do you mean roll my sec- way through. Like, when he switches weapons, or... His sword got, like, stupid long. Like, it, did it turn into a spear, or did it turn into a giant fire sword? Like, a redonkulously long fire sword. Did you take down his health bar all the way? I don't remember no. if he's a two-health bar guy. No, I mean, I, like, did, like, a quarter of his health, and then he was okay, like... Okay, yeah, then he, ju- then he just he, switched like, weapons. And he just got a slightly longer sword. Um, so, yeah, he just switched weapons. So his first stage, sorry, spoilers, but his first stage, he switches weapons a couple times. Uh, okay, yeah. So I, I kind of figured there was going to be so at least two length. stages of, of, you know, BS um, through this boss fight. Um, so how do you feel about the twin? Well, actually, finish what you're saying, then I'll ask you. The, so the, the twin princes, right? That's the one I just beat. And uh, I actually summoned on the twin princes. Because I just kind of got sick. Who can you summon on that? A rando. Internet rando. Oh, a person, not a... Yeah. Oh. When I summon, I usually just summon the NPCs. I never summon Um, I, I would have if there was a summon sign there. I just hit the summon sign near the room. I had I have like 40 embers. I've just never used yeah, them. Yeah, so you just started. Okay, so, so I was so, just like, screw it. I'll summon somebody and see how that goes. <laughs> how, yeah, how do you feel about the twin princes? <sighs> it's fine. Is is an okay fight. I just His got first stage is fine. It's just that freaking the magic during the second stage sucks. That's honestly not what threw me off. Like, really? I, yeah, no, it was just that it was a long boss fight for me. Like, yeah, it just it I, I had to heal fight. a lot, and he yeah. would do a lot of damage if he like touched you. You were dead. Yeah, so I was when like, he uh. swings his sword, when he hits you, he takes down like half your health, and you have to heal. Like, I was stuck on him for a little bit because he's just he was just an obnoxious boss. Yeah, and and that's kind of where I was at. Is I just like I was like, okay, like I know I can do this. I've gotten half the health bar down in the second phase, but I'm just like, uh, I'm just kind of done. Like I just don't want to keep doing the same boss yeah, fight. It's, I'm tired of it. Knock the one boss out and just go to town on the little brother with your sword, and then when he gets back up, run the f away, then knock him out again, and then go to town on the little brother. Because you can it's just beat so it without long. knocking out the big prince. You just have to be at his back and hit him hit the little brother but it's right. just that that method to me was just so obnoxious yeah that was that's kind of how i would describe that boss fight is i i was just i was done with it before i was done with it because one it was just a long boss fight because of the whole like yeah, and so when you health die you refill. have to go all the way back to that beginning of it yeah and so there was two runs at the boss which i didn't know there's the one where you run up the flight of stairs past all the guys and then there is a shortcut to that but that shortcut takes forever, so I'm just like, oh my gosh, I'm done. I quit. I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. Um. So now I'm, yeah, I'm at the Soul of Cinder. Soul of Cinder, and I thought it was a cool Soul of Cinder. Was I, cool. 
so far it is like cool looking. I, I don't, I'm not I'm not mad at the boss fight thus far. I think I think there will be part of that second phase that you might actually really well you might you might appreciate if you yeah I probably will. The only thing that I'm still just like not a big fan of every boss stage. having. And especially the thing where you like kill a boss and then it just comes back to life. I'm like, oh come on, just yeah. Like, when you have to do two health bars, yeah. Just do one health bar and tell me how big the health bar is. <laughs> like, yeah, it, it just feels so arbitrary. Well, that's kind of what they did point. on the last DLC boss, Slave Knight Gale. Is um he just had a really steep health bar, and his yeah. second stage was like halfway through, and it was like there was a cut. I think there was a cutscene or something, but yeah, second stage was halfway through, and he just had a really steep health bar. And that's why when I like watch the fight again, I'm like, oh yeah, he never had like a refill thing. He just had a lot of health. Yeah, I I think I prefer that. It just it it felt. That's kind of I think part of what I didn't like about the Lothric. Well, and also because it it has the same issue where at some point it becomes okay. I have to get through the trivial first phase to get to the actual boss fight. Yeah, which I'm just like, oh, it's so long. Just let me fight the boss. But we've already said all of that before. There was one of those in Sekiro where it was like the first. So the second um, stage was the one that I actually could handle better. And like the one where it's like the two times, well, three times I actually got to it when I knew what I was doing was like I almost beat him and just failed because I didn't have enough health from the first um stage well didn't have enough healing from the first stage but the first stage was just it took so long to get yeah. through because he a has a steep health bar but b he he's has a huge range he moves around a lot and he hits like a mofo every time and that that um for the people who played Sekiro, that's the guardian ape was just a really frustrating boss for me. You know, something too that I'm noticing about Dark Souls is like a lot of the bosses are very, very, very samey. And I'm a little bit disappointed by that. Like Pontiff, the Abyss Watcher, the Lothric Prince, and now the Lord of Cinder, just all big fire sword. And I'm like, eh, It'd be yeah, cool if yeah. some of those they maybe were like swords, aren't they? They're all well, and like, I mean Yorm also I doesn't know he Yorm, just has an axe. Yeah, is but I mean fire? it does catch remember. on fire. Yeah, it's one of the second phase, isn't it on fire? Yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, dude, you know, they it like their been fire, cool. apparently. They do. I just wish there had been some more unique bosses, I guess. Yeah, and that's what I I mean, mm, Sekiro, a lot of the first like good quarter of this has just been fighting samurai. Like in the full samurai regalia with like the swords, like huh, fine, yeah. But, and I mean, I guess like I would give more of a pass to Sekiro if that is its style that it's going for. Yeah, but with I Dark mean, Souls, I, like I mean, they have the option to do whatever crazy fantastical bosses, like gaping dragon, like whatever, like constant discharge. Like there's a ton <sighs> of weird enemies and Discharges. big gross things. You named the two most disgusting bosses yeah i mean they are but that was they cool are, to me like the gaping dragon Even i still Quelag. get the chills every time i look at that picture it's just so nasty like quaylag was kind of cool looking you know she wasn't just God. dude in Qu- armor with Qu- big sword quaylag was so confusing to my brain because i hate spiders but she was a beautiful lady on top of a disgusting spider body and it's like i don't know how to feel about you 
My boner's so confused. It's like, I was like, I'm attractive, but I hate you at the same time. And then it's like, you're a fire spider too. And you just like, oh, you're the worst. Um, is there anything else point you is, have? Well, sorry, what? I said, I think my point is I'm just tired of fighting guys with swords. Swords, yeah. <laughs> in Dark Souls. I really like Sekiro. I haven't played it at all this week because work and podcasting and all that other stuff. But I'm excited to play it tomorrow because tomorrow's Friday. And yeah, can't wait. But is there anything else before I go into my rant? Um, Played Dark Souls 1 a little bit recently. It is a more slow and also... Cl- Dark Souls 3 is smoother. I'll give it that. Yeah. I will say the thing I like most about Sekiro is how smooth it is. Like, yeah. the, your movements are a lot faster. It's, just, it's sleek. It's smooth. Like, if you're good at the game, you can just put everything together and it just plays like you are that, like, awesome shinobi samurai. Like, it plays really nicely. And that's yeah. what I really appreciate. It doesn't... It's not clunky. You can, like cutting down guys it feels like you are that like like just legendary shinobi in the like movies and animes and stuff because you can just mow through people like so smoothly if you're like even remotely good at the game and that that feels cool yeah and but yeah so as promised it is april 23rd and ghost in the shell um sac 2045 just came out i watched like 10 minutes of it i love ghost in the shell i have the movie i love standalone complex i have watched through twice i've watched the compilated like the compiled movie of standalone complex both seasons of them i've watched the standalone complex movie i have watched every single ghost in the shell property even the awful scarlett johansson movie and Scarlett Johansson movie, it really, it put me off really bad because it was not good. And yeah. then, so then they announced new Ghost in the Shell. I'm like, awesome. I'm really excited. New Ghost in the Shell anime. This is going to be so cool. And then they announced that it's CG graphics. It looks, they look like PlayStation 3 graphics. It looks like, pl- like all the characters are plastic. In CG graphics, it is so hard to show expressions. And, like, a lot of their expressions just look like, and I mean, that was a visual thing people can't see, but just plain face with a slight smile. And it's just, like, you can't see the anger. Like you don't get the extra lines you get in a drawing. You don't even get the extra lines in a normal human face when they frown. And it's so hard for me to like CG graphics like that, cel-shaded video game graphics like that. And the movements, at least in the first, like, five minutes, it got a little bit better, but the movements walking were so very stiff. And, like, you could see when she moved her arm out, you could see kind of, like, the the um, the um frames of it. And it's just, like, why couldn't you just have a drawn anime? And the thing, I think the it's kicker, hold on, just last part. The kicker, the thing that made me so mad, the end credits are drawn anime not cg graphics. oh are they and that made me so mad because it's like this looks so much better than everything you just showed me why couldn't you just do this that's funny that's the opposite of standalone complex right yes the exact alone opposite where the intro and outro were cg graphics in the freaking rest of it was drawn and they're just like nope 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 we're gonna have this in the ending the graphics the drawings like, because I follow the artist who did all of the work for, like, the character design work on Instagram. I love his art. I like I like the design of it, 
but the CG graphics just look like plastic action figures. Yeah, and I, I don't hard, disagree. It's with hard that. to get into that. It's hard, hard when I've watched so many hours of this daggone freaking um property and then going to see something that just does not even it's the new brand new thing and it does not live up to just graphically does not live up to the rest of the the anime and then did did you ever see code lyoko yeah it's code lyoko graphics actually yes the the thing that to me was kind of disappointing because i i could get past the cg graphics like i'm not I'm not a purist in that. Like, I've seen anime with a lot of CG, and I've been fine with it. Yeah, I haven't. But this didn't look... It looked like they were trying to cut costs, not like they were trying that's, to be creative. That's what I'm thinking. Like, cut costs, and I think it might just be quicker to make... I don't know. I cannot tell. But it feels... It seems to me, and it makes sense to me, that it will be easier and quicker to do CG graphics than to do the traditional hand graphics. If, if it's not... They just made a mistake because it it does not look it doesn't it, as good. It looks <laughs> like what was Code Lyoko like two thousand six? It looks like two thousand six. Well, and Code Lyoko was a show that was coming out I think every day on Cartoon Network. Like they were yeah. cranking out Code Lyoko like monsters. So sure, make it cheap. But when it's a Netflix show that has a big following, why oh, would you do it in a crap way? I think I have the um picture of like the drawn graphics at the end, I just want to show you just how much better this looks than the rest of the freaking show. Like, it looks good. I like the artist. He's good. But it's disappointing because I like Ghost in the Shell so much. It's just so disappointing to go and to see it. Like, when they first showed the trailer, the trailer for it looked bad. It looks like, like I keep saying, PlayStation 2, PlayStation 3 graphics, where it's it's like the background sky is just a stock standard blue. It's like all the movements are very just harsh and like like they, they feel like computer um, movements. It, it feels like you're watching a robot move and haha, yes, she's full cyborg, haha. But it's just... But not everyone is. But, and then like Bato looks like someone's dad. <laughs> And he's wearing a polo well, shirt, I mean, which Bato's I thought was really funny. Kind of, I also found, I found it really creepy seeing a guy in like a polo shirt, like just shooting people in trucks. Okay, so you I'm saw like, the truck scene where the trucks just drive by and they're just shooting machine guns in the air for no reason. Yeah, there was like that whole first sequence battle was like there was no reason for it. It was dumb. It was just a show that they could do, like, have an exciting anime battle in the first five minutes, but it was dumb. But it wasn't. It wasn't a good, it wasn't a good battle. It wasn't a good battle. The setup was dumb. The rest of the episode was okay. Also, Togusa, they, they made Togusa have a divorce. The only one in the freaking show who has, like, some stability. They was like, oh, no, we're going to have to give more drama. Um, he gets a divorce. And it's, uh, yeah, it's weird. It makes, it just... I'm going to watch it and maybe maybe it'll get better. But right now so I'm going to be screaming about this. Even even from the little bit that I've seen so far, um I felt like they did a better job of capturing the characters in this than they did in the movie in the Scarlett Johansson movie? 
Oh, yes. okay. I thought you were talking about the original movie. I'm like, you need to shut your mouth. No, <laughs> no, no. no, no. Scarlett jo- yes, I will agree. I will agree that this is better than the Scarlett Johansson movie, and I hate the graphics. And that tells you how bad that Scarlett Johansson movie was because I can't stand looking at this thing and I still like it better than Scarlett Johansson. So something else weird, I'm, I'm just like kind of clicking through it right now. The intro CG, which is also CG, really, is better. It's really good. And so I was excited to watch it. I was like, oh, maybe I've just been watching like the stuff that they pushed out because they like wanted to get the advertising out. And like I watched that and it looked really cool. And then they cut to the regular what you're going to be watching for the rest of the show graphics. I'm like, you, you, yeah, it's not good. (laughs) It's so hard not just to go on a like swearing tirade (laughs) about this show. I I understand. Did you see the um, in title credit thing i sent you um i'm actually i'm just gonna go and find the end title credits yeah. here because i'm curious they, they look good the end title credits look good it looks great that would that would have been a fantastic style for the show yeah i i agree with that it would have been fantastic i would love it and i'm stuck with see like i just don't get why they have like there have been things in Ghost and Shell that have been CG, like the tanks in um, Arise were CG, and like there have been like little parts of it that were CG. But why do the whole thing in like PlayStation Three graphics? And then the other thing too that like irked me already a little bit is like, okay, so if you're gonna remake this, there's a very reasonable question, which is why are you making it again if you're not gonna like update it for like a more modern audience. And and so it like given that I'm a little bit annoyed that the show starts and everyone's just immediately like look at how hot the major is and I'm like ah Okay, like, the, first okay, of all, they put was in a new in character, the show. which fine, fine, fine. But then it's like, oh, wow, is that hot, hottie? Or whatever he says, like, oh, is she the, like, commanding officer? It's like, really? We're going to do this again? We've already established that she is an extremely capable person without having someone oogle at her. It's like, oh, she's super hot. And then her saying her sassy lines. Like, we've done this. We don't have to keep doing this. I'm yeah, so mad. It, just, it felt like... <laughs> one, retreading ground, and two, particularly tone deaf. When I'm like, it doesn't need to be that like you she could just already established as one of like the better female protagonists in an anime and we're gonna do that hacky pl- thing again yeah. as always it just it felt it felt like an an it felt like an annoying line for me when i was just like oh it, they could have talked about anything else in this to establish the character just have that character do? have already met the major yeah, like they just didn't need or to do just that. Not it have could have a been any other dialogue. Because why are we at it? Where's Borma? Borma's not there. What the heck? Doesn't matter. I don't care. I I, I will. If this will be a, next week, we'll see how I feel about it. Because I'm gonna watch it. Hopefully, watch it this weekend. I might just end up playing Sekiro if I get frustrated with the show too much. But you know, maybe I'll try to convince Mandy to watch it with me, and we can watch it together. That might that might get me to actually finish it. Anyways, Cody, I, I don't need to scream about Ghost in the Shell anymore because that's going to come next week and the week after and the week after that. You yeah. know how I do. I've been screaming about Ghost in the Shell every time there's been a new Ghost in the Shell thing. Um, So, Cody. I know. You're just impossible to please. You should just like the ScarJo movie. You know, get over yourself. It's fine. I said I was going to be nicer to you, and I'm going to try. <laughs> Cody, what was last Look, week? Last week was an easy one. Actor. Cody, what was last week? Oh, after the supervillain one. No, that it's was not. two weeks. Nope, that was two weeks ago. 
Hey, at least you got one thing. At least you did like two weeks. Why do we have to do this? Like, why can't we just not do this part? Because I never remember oh, what okay, it was. Okay, fine, Cody. It was Steampunk World where you did romantic steampunk. Oh, right. See, the thing is, every time you I go, did, oh, I did that's right. Because it's like right at the tip of your tongue. That's why I like doing it. It's And I liked mine too because it was lizardy. It was, it was weird that you did lizards because you don't do lizards. Yeah, but I had really good reasons for doing lizards. So also, I do want to give a quick shout out because I told her I would to Diana, who on our story world actually helps you edit. Okay. And that has been greatly exaggerated. So I'm going to call Diana out. No, you didn't. Not that much. You barely edited one part. But I do I do like how she says, like, I'll edit as long as I need. Sorry, I need you to acknowledge and thank me for a heroic amount of effort I am exerting in order to not insert mocking asides about your typos into your story. So she could have messed up your thing and you would have been reading and be like, ah, gosh, oh, what's this? Ah, But she, she didn't. And I appreciate you, Diana. And... You're welcome back on the show. Diana, come at me. We're going to fight. You want to throw down whenever you listen to this in two weeks or whatever? two weeks when she finally listens to this and goes, oh, or three weeks. It might even be three weeks. Oh, Cody. Gosh. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to get into it. But but thank you, Diana, for helping Cody not mess up. Diana, I appreciate a lot of things that you do, but not this one. (laughs) Suck it, Diana. (laughs) Eric, you're great. (laughs) um so cody what is this week this week is um a show based on humorous television this is okay no 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 you're not doing you're not doing this it is sitcom world okay so here's the text i get from cody is supernatural a sitcom no i find it funny it's it is not it is not specifically a comedy two brothers in a it is not a a road it is not a comedy it's a it is not here, we're going to look up what it is listed as. It's listed as horror. Yeah, but it I is, mean, it's a, it's a horror sitcom. Is what it, it is not a sitcom. It is not a yeah, comedy, okay, but, Cody. But it is a drama. Ones? It is a supernatural drama. Yeah, but what it's about called, all the other ones oh, that I It's about the 2005 American drama series. It's a sitcom Okay, well, I laugh the other at one? it. Then you said Sabrina, which um, I know you were talking about the new Sabrina, which is also a supernatural drama series. Then you asked about is, Riverdale, yeah. which is a teen drama series. And then, yep. What was the other one you asked about? The Order. The Order, which I haven't watched, but I also know is a you... supernatural drama series. Yeah, but The Order's actually so, hilarious. There is a difference between something that you find funny and something that was made specifically to be funny. Sitcoms I are like How that. I Met Your Mother, Family Matters, um, Modern Family, like Friends, Sitcoms, Situational Comedies, specifically a comedy show. You're watching dramas and laughing at how stupid they are. Yeah, I think my favorite sitcom's probably Sabrina, although it's The not Order's pretty a, good. Sabrina the Teenage Witch was a sitcom. Yeah, it's not the one I I'm know that's not. About, that's what, when, like, <laughs> Diana asked about that in the thing. I'm like, no, we, I know he's not talking about the teenage witch. You're I'm, not I'm, fooling I'm, I'm anybody. Not. Just, uh, Cody, why can't, also, I think if this does not end up being a situational comedy, that's a red card, buddy. Or something uh, that could be considered a situ- specifically situational comedy. I mean, there is a situation and there's supposed to be comedy, so, you know. Okay. We'll you choose how I'm gonna call it a yellow be. card and give you disadvantage on next week's role. What is a red card even? Do? I don't I remember don't what I remember. said. I'll have to go back and ask. But um, anyways, Cody, roll for initiative. 
Ooh, you might be going uh, first. Then. I'd be okay with I going first. Go first. But what are you roll? Or are you pulling it up on the computer? I had it open on my computer and then it ran away and I was confused. I rolled a 12. I rolled a 13. So you're not. Oh, going hey, look first. at that. You're going first. You know, like if you roll a 13, you know, it's more likely than not that yeah, you'll go first. Yeah, but the last first. few times you've done like 18 and 19, so it's like, uh. That's not how dice rolling works, I know, Jordan. But I know it's not how probability. I was 50% high. Yes, I was on the high side, but whatever. I just, when I don't roll like 15 or above, I get sad. I mean, look, do you want to lie to yourself and say that you rolled an 11 and I'll go nope, first? Nope, I just. Anyways. Okay, so my sitcom, well, my sitcom is called It Takes a Village. Okay. And this first, so I base mine off of, like, I think, what did I say in the chat? I said, if my wife and kids, um, everybody loves Raymond, um, a little bit of, like, the family matters. The, the, if I did a family sitcom, like, the kind of stuff you'll see, like, the gold version stuff you'll see based off of a family and, like, the whole thing is how they drive each other insane, but yet they love each other at the end of the day, like a home improvements type thing. So, see, I actually know what a sitcom is. Just want to just wanna further dig that in. I said I'd be nice to you. Dang it. Um, yeah, you did. Okay, You're so a liar. For, also, I think mine's a sitcom. What did you say? I said also, I think my world's a sitcom. I thought you said sitcom, Hidden Figures we'll is it. a sitcom. I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> what? How do you hear I that? Don't know. I don't know. I was about to say, it's like, uh, you watched that movie and thought it was a comedy? Holy crap, you racist. Yeah, no, it was hilarious. I, I just laughed the whole time. <laughs> it's a time good movie, though. It's a really I good movie. Even Anyways, this first part comes from Jerome Anderson. Man, this is a very loose episode today. Okay, so this comes from Jerome Anderson. I jawed awake to a loud banging and clashing. It is seven in the morning, and yet some big commotion is going on next door. My wife stirs slightly and says, honey... Can you go see what's going on? So I rush outside to see what is happening. And it's my older brother, Dion, in his driveway, banging and clanking on some old-timey motorcycle he probably bought the day before. Dion, do you have to be doing that right now? Well, actually, I don't have to be doing this at all. He chuckles and pauses for a second like he's waiting for some big laugh break. But I don't give him the satisfaction. I never thought I'd find myself here. I was one who always wanted to get as far away from the rest of the family as humanly possible. You see, my older brother Dion was always the family's golden child. Everything he did turned to gold. He ended up moving away for college, which made life easier for me in high school, because I didn't have to live in his shadow. But then he became Duke University's star basketball player, and then eventually went to play for the Charlotte Hornets. The guy was a legend on the court. And even though I went off, got a high-paying job, married and had two kids, Dion still shined as the family's favorite. This was made worse by Dion's golden heart. Instead of spending all of his money on a big house, women, and tons of things he didn't need, Dion bought out an entire neighborhood so that the family could all move to one place. With the family in one spot, they could all support each other and grow close together. It was my parents' and grandparents' dream that the whole family could all be together. Dion's Cove is what he was calling it. A small upper-class neighborhood in the suburbs of Charlotte, North Carolina. Dion lives in the center of the main cul-de-sac, taking his position as king of the court. Mom and dad live two houses down from him. Grandparents live across the street. The aunts and uncles and all of their wild kids and families live on the main street, all within walking distance. They get up to some shenanigans weekly, but 
of course, even with all the pressure from mom and dad, I wanted nothing to do with this, so I did not move into Dion's Cove initially. Me and my wife, Denise, decided to continue living in our small home in Ohio with our two kids, Marcus and Aaliyah. With Aaliyah getting to the age where she is looking to colleges and Marcus just entering high school, we were stretched a bit thin. Me focusing on my engineering career and Denise on her teaching. Then matters got a bit more hectic when we found out Denise was pregnant with an oopsie baby. We didn't know what to do or how we would support two teens and a new baby with our hectic work schedules. That's when Dion offered up a home in his neighborhood, said we didn't have to do all of this on our own. With the rest of the family around, the kids would always have this, that support and we wouldn't have to worry about bills and all of that with him around. Reluctantly, I accepted and moved in. You know what they say when raising a kid, it takes a village. Didn't really know what I was getting myself into. Dion's little village was a nice suburban area, not too far from a mall where the kids could hang out, the amusement park, and the Catawba River for activities. And there was a great high school nearby for the kids. It seemed absolutely perfect for those aspects. But then, the house. I ended up right between mom's house and Dion's house. Right between the golden child and the queen of the family. My family is stuck between Dion's constant antics and mom's constant unwanted advice. It seems like every week there is a new issue with the family that gets solved throughout the week. Some of this feels manufactured just to cause laughs, like the time when Dion took Aaliyah out to get a tattoo without my permission, and when mom decided to get a substitute job at the school Denise teaches at so she could spy on Denise. But overall, things are going well with the family. We are raising the new baby, Jamal, and without my family, it would be impossible. It really does take a village. And that's my first part. I mean, that's a solid family sitcom. sitcom. Um, so part of it is actually based off of like a true story that I heard. Um, there was a, once a camp counselor that I knew who's, um, I think, cousin or someone was a, I forget what team he played for, but was a, fam a famous basketball player. And he like bought out a neighborhood for that family that they lived in that neighborhood. So I kind of based it off that idea because I actually really like that idea. It's like, this pretty much just everybody loves Raymond, but like more of an extreme. Right, but yeah. worse. The whole family. <laughs> that is funny though. Like I, I kind of like the, uh, that, that feels like a, a hallmark of sitcoms, <laughs> which is like not fantastical, but like a little bit crazy, <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know, like, who knows a person that's like, I went by all neighborhood and every, all, everyone's got to live here. Like, what? You just know how thrilled my parents would and grandparents would be if we all lived close together. Just how thrilled. Well, yeah. You know, I'm saying that, but like a lot of my dad's family lived like basically on the same street. So, I mean, it happened. I guess that like was my real, real thing life. That happens. Now, granted, it wasn't like uh, someone bought well, yeah, all the houses still, and then gave yeah. them to people. It was just people happened to stick around. Yeah, like, I know a bunch of people who uh, we gotta keep going, but I know a bunch of people who live here whose whole family, like grandparents, aunts, everybody, is in this area. It's like, bro, I would not be able to live like that. <laughs> well, you could. It would just turn into a sitcom. Yeah. Anyways, Cody, let's hear your uh, drama. It's not a drama. It's a situational comedy. It's something that I would find funny okay Cody so you know I've said this before and I feel like you think that I'm lying but I'm really not I, I like it sounds pretentious to, to say that I discover yeah, right Cody. 
But I don't have like a fully planned out well, thing I mean, when I start a whole writing. So where we talked about the difference of writing yeah. styles. I start writing and then sometimes it turns into something else. But anyways, crisp, mm, crisp autumn air blows through a perfect town in the 1950s. Loud music blasts from rumbling hot rods. Old folks scowl at these kids and their new rock and roll music. A lone man in a long coat stands up and limps away from a table outside. <laughs> oh, God, that's funny. Sorry, go on. Yeah, but just, you know, f- picture it as being funny, <laughs> and then it is funny. If you think it's funny, it's funny. <laughs> right? Like, you know, Twin Peaks was kind of funny if you look at it from the right perspective. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> I, I like, no one can see the absolutely disdainful <laughs> hand gesture you just, just made. The, just the Continue, just peasant. All right. Uh, limps away uh, from a table outside a diner, also grimacing due to the music. He walks past a football field where young men sprint back and forth, tackling and shouting. His, scra- his scowl deepens as he makes his way under the bleachers for an important, in air quotes, business meeting. What kind of business meeting is arranged on pink stationery? Well, maybe not my ideal hero, but you'll have to do. My name is Tiffany, and my roommate Celeste is missing. That's like the hook for season one of this sitcom. The sitcom where you're looking for sitcom, a missing roommate. That's hilarious. <laughs> no, she's not a murdered roommate. It's a missing roommate, which is a lot nicer. <laughs> oh, my God. I see the humor in it. Oh, my God. All right. Now you're going to get some information about the world. So we're going to first of all talk about the Puffy Palmers. The world is ours. This little town is just another podunk, but who cares? The Puffy Palmers are the most popular group at this Stanley University. This is the most University. Riverdale thing but... I've ever heard. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> but when you rise too high, it draws a target on your back. Truly, beauty and fame are a curse. But don't worry, we have claws. We might look puffy, but we're anything but. Are these a bunch of chunky chicks That's... who, like, wait, what is the Puffy Palmers? The Puffy Palmers, as in like pom poms, they're cheerleaders oh, I, at at okay, Stanley I University. A bunch of chunky chicks who are like super catty. No, <laughs> super no. catty. No, it's like they're like cliche. Yes, they're it's, like it's cliche the, it's the Riverdale uh, thing. In every other teen drama that does this, they're sitcoms to me. <laughs> then we have the. I just don't it's watch fine, any Cody, sitcoms that much. I have it's no frame fine. of. Anyways, Grease Guns. Someone has to rule this town. Why not the Grease Guns? Peak North is ruled by us, not those preppy richety riches up at Stanley University. You just try us and see what happens. We might be from the wrong side of the tracks, but we rule this whole town. The Grease Guns are waiting for you to muscle in on our turf. It's a quote from Clyde. All right, keep going. What? You just seem I'm not so angry, angry, Cody. You you wrote. You're making a you- crazy face. <laughs> You wrote clearly like something that was supposed to be like a goofy drama, and you're like, no, this is what sitcoms are to be, and that's not what this a is sitcom what si- is. The situation is, the situation is greasers and college kids in a 1950s town. That's yes, the situation. Yeah. It's basically Happy Days. <laughs> okay, Cody. It's Happy Days, but someone goes missing. Okay. Macron P.I. This town might seem cute and quaint, but it's anything but. It's up to me to uncover the truth. I just hope I can bury my past while I'm at it. This whole town is full of thugs with hearts of golds and golden boys getting dirty. 
And in the middle of all of it, I'm here just trying to keep people from getting locked up or expelled every time they slip up. Someone has to keep the townies from killing the college kids and keep people from starting trouble in the wrong bars. It's a quote from Mac Macron. His name is Mac Macron. Okay. That's hilarious. <laughs> and and our, final, our final group are the Lettermen. We're the real champs. Everyone else might think they matter, but we're the real town heroes. Without us winning Saturday football, this town would have nothing to cheer for. We're the kings, and if you cross us, doesn't matter where you hide, we'll find you and make you pay. So, have you actually watched Riverdale? Jordan, okay, of, yes, course of course I've watched Riverdale. Is- I haven't watched all of it, it because oh my gosh, it's like fifty it's, it's seasons long. Four and or I, and five I have seasons, to and it falls off. like I have. I have only That's watched like too many here and there. But oh my god, this is exactly River. This is the feel that I get looking sh- at that sh- show. Shut up! Shut up! It's different than Riverdale. <laughs> it's set in the fifties. When is Riverdale even set? <laughs> it's, it's set in modern times. <laughs> it's set in the fifties. No, but okay, there is yeah, a difference. All right. So the town is called. Um, sorry, I don't peak north, right? And there is a university that's also there. So then the conflict on the surface is between like there are townies that are kind of like greasers, 50 style gangsters, and you know, richity rich college kids. That's like the main possible, like, possibility for drama and conflict. But drama and conflict, the surface. Well, you have to have Kid something. You, Cody. It Kid can't just be about the kitten. Anyways, <laughs> the town is very idyllic and beautiful. It seems like there's always a beautiful fall breeze tumbling brown leaves around everything. But underneath, there's kind of like a, uh, not a seedy underbelly, but a scary underbelly. Nothing is explicitly magical, but this is a town full of secret cults and organizations and a lot of history. So as there is this surface level like conflict that happens underneath of it all, there's this underlying theme of like the occult and secret organizations that are trying to run the town. <laughs> Woo, and that's I get the it. geography. Yeah, the, this episode's hard to do. Ge- like I did the layout of a neighborhood. Yeah, you get a yellow card because your this is not a world based on a sitcom. It's, it's just a sitcom. No, which is it's not sitcom what we world. To do. And you'll see where I get in a sitcom world. I even say the word sitcom world at the end of my thing. You'll see what I'm doing. I, I do a. I like my weird setup. There's a twist. There's always a twist. Okay, and it's not existential dread I feel for like once. It's gonna get convoluted. I don't believe it's you. Not but existential we'll keep going. dread. I promise. Is it just no, regular no, 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 no. dread? Okay, so with every sitcom comes that weird, less funny spinoff. Like, so, like, well, I mean, different world wasn't less funny, but yeah, like a different world, like Gronish, like all of the. There's always a less funny spinoff. So I now present you. It takes a village, the college years, and this is coming from Aaliyah Anderson. Look, I love my family to death. They mean. Everything to me, but I just had to get out of there. Living in a neighborhood with your entire family is an absolutely insane idea. Where do you go to get away from it all? But it was even worse at home. Mom and dad expected so much of me. Dad wanted me to be an engineer like him, and mom wanted me to be some sort of lawyer or doctor or whatever. I'm not about either of those paths. I wanted to live more in nature. When I told my dad I wanted to find myself, he said, 
Girl, you better go look in a mirror. But it's not like that. I've always loved that. I love that line, by the way. I've always loved the National Parks, so I wanted to become a park ranger. So mad at so you. So I decided to go off to Sanderson College, a small private school most people haven't heard of. But it is close to the Callahaney National Park, which isn't a real place. So that's a plus. I left thinking everyone would be like me, take school seriously, and have a passion about the National Parks. Boy, was I wrong. Sanderson happens to be an absolutely wild party school. There is a whole building the students dedicate to graffitiing every night. Parties rage down in the frat house alley, and alcohol flows almost like water. Okay, so maybe I'm not all work and no play. I like to dive into the parties here and there, but I am serious about my education. I want to try to fulfill my family's expectations, but sometimes that's a bit hard to do. My friends, Michael and Dee Dee, are always getting up to antics and trying to get me to go to the biggest parties or try the new fad that is all the rage. Of course, it isn't just me out here all the time. My dad makes an appearance during family week or pretty much whenever he can because to him, I'm still just his little girl. Between trying to prove to my family I'm still taking school seriously despite some low grades and keeping my friends out of trouble, I have a pretty interesting life. But I can't help but feel like someone is watching all of this for some entertainment purposes. Oh well, it's not like these events are manufactured for laughs or anything. Um, so I kind of wanted to do like a Fresh Prince type deal or like the the sitcoms because you have like a different world where Denise from um, Cosby Show goes off to college. And you have like those sitcoms where it is like a college student like in the antics they get up to and it's always yeah well right yeah and i mean there's always like sitcom yeah. spinoffs like Frasier yeah Frasier, like it's all that so i kind of wanted to do that side of it so that's my second part and yeah no, I, i've i watched a lot of sitcoms growing up okay see i didn't really i watched some but not a lot and and, and so and anyways these are the these are the tv shows that i watch all right, so for section two, I wanted to really delve into the backstory of the flora and fauna do this of of Peak North. So the the floor the the primary fauna of Peak North are the humans. So I'm going to talk about the you backstories of the main humans. This is the sitcom. <laughs> All right, so we're going to start with Tiffany. She's she's Tiffany a is bitch, isn't she? <laughs> well. Kind of. <laughs> That's going to cut, but anyway. Depends on how you define the term. So Tiffany is a junior at Stanley University. And on the surface, she's like pristine 50s perfection, right? She always dresses in like half a cheerleader uniform. Yes. She always looks perfect. She's like, like above Cheryl everyone else. She's very... <laughs> yes. A lot like Cheryl from Riverdale. Shut up, Jordan. But she oh, has no. a secret. Like Cheryl. <laughs> this is different than that. Anyways. Um, she actually comes from a very poor family. So in her home, little small 50s town, her family is extremely poor and would have been like basically the equivalent of a greaser, yeah. right? Like her brother would have definitely been a greaser. But when she got Stay accepted to college, a miss. Nothing. Huh? Okay, said, don't don't quit the, the outsiders. Why is that the book that we I all didn't have to read? To read it. My mom it made that... me read it. I didn't have to read it for school or anything. My mom's like, I love this book, read it. I'm like, okay. 
She that's weird. We anyway. were a weird family. <laughs> <laughs> well no it's like my parents had books that they liked it just wasn't the outsiders because to me that is an know academic how many times you're in I've seventh watched grade the outsiders movie. why if i I've watched, watched it once it like and then i was like yep times. <laughs> enough of that i've seen it so many times i just i just really love a movie about tough guys crying, that's 100 you know? what it is i've seen it so many times yeah yeah okay. let, let me yeah, see anyway so we don't have to get into the outsiders <laughs> Uh, no, it's okay. Um, so when she was accepted into college, she received a bunch of money from a wealthy, mysterious benefactor who she doesn't know. And this has allowed her to pretend oh. like she's very wealthy when she went to college. She's able to reinvent herself into this character of a very wealthy person, which is who she wants to be. <laughs> I get it. You don't get it yet. There's a story that's unfolding here. <laughs> Um, very, very comedic. Back at home, though, she would be tough as nails and could boss anyone around. So this means that in this new town, she, one, is able to present herself as very affluent. But two, if she ever has to mess with greasers, she's able to be commanding. All right. Then we got Mark Mar- Mark Macarin, P.I. He's a World War II vet in his 30s. He was wounded, but no one knows how. What? <laughs> This is a real laugh this time. Why is you that funny? This, you thought this was part of a sitcom. Was a wounded war vet. I mean, like, okay, but that would have that's like not an unarchetypical character for the time period of the 50s. Yes, keep going. Yes. I find wounded war vets hilarious. He's not like, okay, anyways. I lost my leg in the war. He lose his leg. Hard. He has a limp. I've seen the bombs drop. I've watched it. He has, every night I wake up shaking, wondering when I'm next. He has a dark and mysterious... It was hell. War was hell. He has a dark and mysterious <laughs> past that he doesn't talk about. Um, so he was wounded, but he doesn't like tell anyone how. Um, he's generally like a guy that can hold his own in a fight, and he always carries a sap, which I don't know if you know what that is. I don't. It's a leather bag full of lead shot. It's like kind of what police use if like it in the past is what people would use to knock someone unconscious it's like it's kind of like a flexible like a nightstick basically it's the alternative to him carrying a gun he doesn't shoot people is my point (laughs) which for this being set in the 50s is actually pretty good because let me tell you a lot of shows back then it just the the end of the show was then the bad guy gets shot in the face (laughs) (laughs) and the little kid runs out he's like good job i watched a lot of andy griffith was a sitcom. Yeah, this is like Andy 50s. Griffith. Yeah, this is exactly like... It is not like Andy Griffith. This is not like Andy Griffith. It's exactly like Andy Griffith. Keep going. Just keep going. Anyways, oh I bet God. he killed someone. Did Andy Griffith ever shoot someone in the course of that show? I don't think so. It might have been like a very special episode, but the ones I can remember, I don't think he ever like... Something I'm going to Google in between while, while you're reading your thing. Oh, yes. Thank you for just upstri- uh, upright. Just tell me you're not listening to me. He's always very calm and well-dressed and very handsome. So because of that, okay, Google just decided it wanted to start listening to me. Just finish Sorry, your sorry. Um, the reality is, though, he did see combat in World War II, but he was wounded racing a Jeep. Uh, so in his past, he was a wild and crazy young man. He himself was a grease gun. When he was younger, then he was drafted into the military, crashed a Jeep in a race, and spent the rest of the time feeling horrible because he was no longer able to fight while all of his friends were off, like, fighting. So he has, like, this guilt that he carries around with him that makes him, you know, like, interesting and mysterious. Then we have Clyde. 
He has a mean demeanor and pretends to be a jerk, but he's actually a really good guy. The Grease Guns are like the town Robin Hoods. They'll run rackets or like kind of rob college kids and wealthy people, but they use it to give back to the poor parts of the community. <laughs> they just do it well looking tough. The mayor hates them <laughs> um, because they constantly do crime to the highest tax paying people. <laughs> um, most of the... <laughs> What? Go ahead. You have drama stuff that is seen as funny. This is not a comedy. This is hilarious. Can you <laughs> imagine? Not like com- being funny and being a comedy are two different things. I'm just imagining like greasers stealing a hot I found from Death Note kids. funny, but was Death Note a comedy? It was kind of a sitcom. You know. Netflix. Yeah. Just, just finish. Because you're <laughs> never wrong. Um, most of the Grease Guns work in garages. That applies to Clyde as well. Also, Clyde is is a member of a secret society within the Grease Guns called the Black Cats. They all wear patches on their, like, leather jackets, you know, of a black cat. The Black Cats um, are trying to stop occult activities within the town by working, you know, like, on the streets and roughing people up. He's a little bit older. He's, like, in his late 30s, so he's, like, the oldest main character in the show. Um, He used to be a cop, but people tend to forget that. And then we have Chet. Uh, Chet is a football player, and, you know, with him, what you see is what you get. He came from a lot of money. He's cruel and self-important, and he believes everyone should, like, help him. He's very entitled. definitely part of sitcoms. There are always, like, jerk characters. He, like, instigates conflict. He is cruel. Yeah. Instigates conflict. Yeah, I mean, that's, like, a thing in sitcoms. Barney from How I Met Your Mother is cruel to women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See? 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone's he's, cruel. He's Anyways, kind of a piece of trash. Um, his he's like a legacy person. So his family went to Stanley University. They do not live in North Peak the, or in Peak North because that's like way too low class for them. He's been good at everything his whole life and is definitely the type of person that's like, I'm going to be a senator someday. <laughs> you seem so upset. I'm not upset. I really am not upset. Keep going. The last main character that's kind of like, again, an antagonist is the mayor. The mayor's very corrupt and just wants the town to get like bigger and more wealthy. Um, So he's constantly like supporting interests of just wealth and also seems to like have some other influences pushing him in a negative direction. But we'll get into that in season one, which I'll talk about, you know, next section. Smart guy, sister, sister, like anything on the Disney Channel. Also comes. I have never Brooklyn seen Smart Nine Nine. Brooklyn Nine Nine has murder all the time. Sitcom. There's also like okay, yeah, but you know what? No, this is just as no, much a sitcom you, you, as Brooklyn Nine Nine. Cody, okay, I'm gonna say you are wrong. Yours is not a comedy. Yours is written as a drama. You just think that passes as a comedy. It makes and me it laugh. It does not. <laughs> it makes you laugh, but doesn't mean it's specifically. Anyways. So my next part comes from Mothership, XL896H27KL, home of the Florps, led by King Florpius, the universe dominator. We are the Florps. We come from planet Florpin Third in the Unilox galaxy. Our planet had become overpopulated and overpolluted. The scientists said that the only way we could continue on is if we found a new home. Our people, being strong and the highest intelligence in the universe, quickly conquered many planets with advanced science. But we were unfulfilled by these new lands. It felt like we were lacking something. We had advanced knowledge of the way the universe worked, but there was something missing. We thought at first it could be battle, 
So we trained our people in war tactics and battled other planets for domination. But we still did not find what we were looking for. I'm glad you're paying attention, Cody. <laughs> I told you exactly what I was going to be looking I know, at while you're, you were reading. You're trash. We thought it could be a pl- it could be pleasure that we were missing, so we copulated. We found chemicals that would let our minds hallucinate. <laughs> we did things that would make us feel Why good. Why did I have to start paying attention? <laughs> I wanted to tell that joke. Oh, we then thought it could be riches. We found gems and treasures valuable to other species. We looked and saw what fulfilled others. We filled our ships with things, but yet we still could not find what we were missing. It seemed like the answer to this emptiness was just out of our forearmed grasp. The Florps lived for thousands of years. We are the top of the food chain when it comes to living beings, but yet we didn't have it all. Our four eyes could see all, but yet we could not see what was missing. Then we decided to conquer the entire universe. Maybe that would fulfill us. We came to a planet called Earth. They seemed weak and very easy to conquer, but we needed to play it safe. So I personally went to Earth with a small recon team. That's when we saw them, the Anderson family, all living in a small area together. They were brought together by the oldest son of their generation, Dion. The family seemed to have something we could not quite describe. It was a togetherness, a dependency that, they, that did not seem negative. They did things for each other without asking for anything in return. Though they would get angry, they would not battle or disembowel each other, but instead talk it out. And also, they were just so funny. That gave me a feeling I did not know was possible. From my belly came a deep noise that sounded like this. <laughs> On Earth, they call this laughter. We decided that the rest of the Florps needed to witness this family's day-to-day life. From them, we would gain what they had, a togetherness, a family. And that is my third part, society history. I'm disgusted by you for so Why many reasons. Just, just <laughs> because I have a great twist that wasn't necessarily existential dread. It, it wasn't necessarily existen- existential dread. It, it just, if anyone ever finds out about it, it will be, but that's cool. I like your coked out alien world. <laughs> <laughs> What are sitcoms? The result of coked out alien orgies. That's what. <laughs> also, guess what? Guess 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 who guess guess who uh who was also a World War II veteran and also in a sitcom? Andy, Andy Griffith! Yeah. Was he was he in World War II? Yes! Guy? Yes! That's Yeah, yeah but what? yours is okay, Cody. Cody, <sighs> listen to me. Yours is not a sitcom. I don't see how it's not given everything about Andy Griffith. It's it's all the same themes. First of all, yours is clearly based off Riverdale. The other ones that are hour-long dramas that sitcoms are usually 30 minutes long, mind you. Also, they are based every episode around a comedic situation where the characters have to solve their way through it. And it's supposed to be for the main purpose of causing laughter in comedy. Yours is for the main purpose of having this weird drama play out. Yours is a drama. It is not a comedy and despite you constantly trying to tell me i am wrong no cody i am not going to stand out on this one yours is a drama i mean you can say that it's just it's it's it is cody stop talking just do your part can i tell you about season one yes you can all right season one starts we already know how tiffany's roommate goes missing and she hires a detective macra to find her a very a very andy griffith type character 
I hate you. Just keep going. <laughs> the show's very episodic, however. There is like an overarching, you know, season one plot. But for the most part, each episode's very like self-contained. Most of them um, are Macron uncovering clues that lead him closer and closer to the truth about the missing roommate. However, there are smaller incidences that come up. Most of these are the result of Chet trying to antagonize the grease guns into causing trouble so he can get them in trouble. That, or the mayor and the police force trying to rough up grease guns for all the, like, shenanigans they're up to. And all in the wa- all the while, um, Macron is in the middle of it, just, like, kind of trying to keep the peace and keep people from getting, like, too at each other's throats. Um, by the end of the season, Chet is kicked off the football team for starting too many fights and because the town now hates him. <laughs> so- <laughs> Hilarious! Okay, I actually think that is kind of funny, a little bit. Anyways, you know, you know, like, how there's always that character that just ends up, like, swinging too much, and then by the end of it, everyone's just like, gosh, we really kind of hate this guy. That's Chet in this show. He just constantly keeps going to, like, local bars and, like, getting in fights and trying to get people in trouble and then being like, why doesn't anyone show up to my football games anymore? You know, it's, it's because, uh, it's because he's a jerk and he's been being horrible forever. Um, throughout season one, Macron and Tiffany keep getting closer and closer and closer because they're having to spend time together on the case. Um, so it's like a very season long. Will they, won't they, you know, another real consistent thing in keep, talking to it you don't have to keep trying to prove yourself you're already wrong yeah you also don't have to keep messaging me on facebook messenger <laughs> while i'm trying to read you were page. reading some while i was reading so i wasn't i am a you while you were reading <laughs> I'm it's a difference there's a difference anyways um near the end of season one they do finally kiss and at the very end are dating Eventually, what comes out is that Celeste was actually a member of the Order of the Twin... The... Sorry. The Two-Faced Jackals. An organization (laughs) that uses... An organization that uses black magic to try to rule the town. What they had been doing was using Celeste as a way to control Tiffany, as a way to, like, groom her to take power in the town later. Oh my god. And her grades started to slip, so... So Celeste went missing, so she would get straight A's for that semester. Um, So they end up finding her. There's a big falling out between Tiffany and Celeste, and the only member of the two-headed jackal that is uncovered is Celeste's dad, who is arrested. And that is the end of season one. 100% a drama. I feel like I would laugh a lot at this. But that doesn't... Okay, I'm done. You're You're just not going to agree. No, we're done. So, by society current. Um, so the Florps monitor Earth, broadcasting the lives of this family, the Andersons, across their ships. This broadcast is done in the style of a TV show with an intro and an outro, a style learned from, of course, monitoring Earth. The Florps set up a space colony outside of Earth where their production team edits and broadcasts the show that they now call It Takes a Village and It Takes a Village, the college years, to all of their outposts on the countless planets that they have conquered. The Florps used to be a conquering race, but they found what they were missing, laughter, love, and community. The show has slowly begun teaching the Florps what it means to care about each other. Rather than being a nebulous race of war aliens, they are beginning to find a community with each other. All of their social learning is based off the lessons taught through the shows. Of course, being the all-powerful race that they are, 
The Florp King sometimes has the production team manufacture some of the incidents that happen to see how the family reacts. But still on Earth, the Anderson family stays close. Aaliyah continues college. Her dad, Jerome, has learned to accept that his daughter is an adult now. Marcus has hit his rebellious stage, but Grandma and Grandpa Anderson rein him in when needed. Denise has issues with the kids at school, but she can always count on going home to a family that cares. This has all taught the Florps what family means. Through their special technology, they have been able to rewind time so that they can view the beginning of the story. Before Dion created his neighborhood, the production team calls this, It Takes a Village, King of the Court. It follows Dion and his brother, Jerome, growing up and how they both went down their separate paths. It's chalked full of humor, and on all of the Florps watching devices, once a Florpian week, every week. But the Florps don't just want to stop at following one family. They have been looking for other families or other situations that will make great situational comedies, unlike a weird cult. They have branched out and found a, a few others, and soon with the material they find, Earth will become their sitcom world. And that's my world, Cody. Okay, you did make a sitcom world. I'll give you that one. I spoke too soon. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so we're going to go to my sitcom world. All right, season two. <laughs> go to your drama. We're going to go to your drama. <laughs> it's a... It's a sit dramedy, I think is what it is. <laughs> yes, it's a sit drama. It is a sit drama. It's sit a drama. situational drama drama comedy. It's That's not the best supposed way to, to be dis- funny. You did not make this to be funny. You made this in situations that you think are funny, but not situations that are actually funny. A cult yeah, is not funny. I could mute you and your voice would still record and everything would be fine. Just, just finish your darn world. Okay, baby. so season two, everything falls apart. Tiffany dumps Macron after... Yeah, well, I mean, there has to be some tension. So Tiffany and Macron break up after um, a lot of stress is piled on Tiffany because she loses all of her money that she was getting from the order of the the Twin Jack... Like, the Twin Jackal order, right? Like, they cut Mm -hmm. off all of her money. So now she had to take a job at the diner to, like, pay for her schooling, which has made her feel bad because, you know, that's, like, the life that she was trying to escape from. Um, Celeste is trying to make Tiffany to believe that she and her should still be friends, even though she was like placed as being her friend to, um, like subtly control her life. Chet blames everyone for getting cooked off, kicked off the football team and is just a jerk. The grease guns are planning to try to close down Stanley university because they think that they're all, um, in bed with the two faced jackals. Um, and so, like, this season, like, all of the previews would be, like, they're on the brink of war. And you get, like, cuts of 50 styles, like, greasers fighting people in diners and stuff, you know? All, like, swing punch noises. I love that idea. Anyways, so, throughout the course of the show, it's revealed to the audience, but not the characters, that the mayor is also a member of the Two-Faced Jackal. I call that, like, three different names. <laughs> I do that to keep their enemies guessing. Um, But that's not yet known to the characters. Also, at this point, Macron kind of becomes a little bit more of a jerk. He stops breaking up fights and creating peace in the town and has become fully obsessed with the two-faced jackals and trying to discover secrets about them. 
So this he kind of goes down. He starts drinking more and kind of goes down like a dark path. No, he doesn't start drinking more. He just joins back up with the grease guns so he can join the black cats and use them as like. This is 100% from Riverdale. Shh. It's not Riverdale. It's different. Oh these are the these are the shows that I watch. So that's I know, all Cody, I have you to don't. Ha- I'm gonna give you a hard time because you just didn't follow the prompt. But I followed the prompt a little bit. I mean, it's close. <laughs> you made a TV show, anyways. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is a time of a lot of tension within the town. But what finally ends up breaking it is Tiffany, who's now kind of been humbled by her having to work in the diner. Um, decides to help Chet become a good person, which kind of creates a love triangle between Chet, um, Macron, and Tiffany. Because, like, eventually Macron and Tiffany want to get back together, but she's spending all this time with Chet trying to help him be a good person. Um, And the end of season two, it ends with graduation, but before that, the whole town, the football players, the um, Puffy Palmers, is that what I called them? Frick. Yeah, the Puffy Palmers. The Puffy Palmers yeah. and the Black Cats all have to team up and make one more assault on the two-headed jackals to try to finally drive them out of town and take back the town for themselves. And then it ends with graduation and everyone being happy. But then, will there be a season three? It's a question mark. It's getting renewed by the World Shop. Tiffany will come back as either like adjunct faculty or like an under or like a graduate student. Chet's going to open up a carpet supply shop in the town. I do want to ask you, Cody, do you think Riverdale is supposed to be a comedy? I mean, do you not find Riverdale absolutely hysterical? I find it stupid, but that doesn't make it a comedy. It's a teen drama. So hard at Riverdale. (laughs) Yeah, but that doesn't mean it was made to be funny. You should really watch the order. Arrow. Is Arrow a comededy? I would almost consider Arrow like to be on the fence. You are. You are. No, but you should really watch the order because I mean it's that same type of like teen drama. I do do not like trash like that. But it's so funny. Like it knows it's funny, so it makes fun of itself. So there's like points where it's like there's like these big dramatic moments that are just they totally undercut all of them. Like every time. There's a big dramatic like emotional moment. They're just like, we're gonna undercut this with a stupid joke someplace. <laughs> also, like fifty people get murdered in the show. Just like every episode, three people die and the police never show up. And I'm like, what are oh, police crap. That's doing what I this wanted to town? talk to you about. I wanted to talk to you about lock and key. Oh, can we just not? We 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 need to talk off air because this episode is gonna be too long if I talk about it now. Yeah. Um, but anyways, that's the end of that's the end of my fourth section. No, I, I I liked your world. It wasn't. I don't believe the prompt, you. I mean, I you don't have world. to say that. You can just say that you're disappointed in me and angry. <laughs> you make me sound so awful. Jeez. Okay. No. Oh wow, I anyway. did not um, update the list, so I'll just ignore if I accidentally roll number twelve. Um, and of course, I accidentally rolled number twelve. <laughs> Give me a second. Um, is that a just re-roll? That we is... can't do twelve again. And that is a. You're not gonna be happy. Is it sitcom world again? No, it's number 10, Flavortown World. (laughs) (laughs) And it's funny because because Holden McNeely and Jackie just released an episode on Guy Fieri, so I'm already in. I am already in the mood for Flavortown. I I sent basically Florida. I, I sent someone a Flavortown gif like two days ago, so I'm really excited for this one. Bro, this is. Oh, it's going to be so. 
I'm glad we're getting like all of the really dumb ideas. <laughs> I think I can do Flavor Town World. Like I am so excited. Mine's gonna be so dumb. Oh, I'm. It's I'm just pumped. gonna be. Oh, it's gonna be. So I already dumb. know what I'm doing. Like it's already come I to me. Don't. I'm That's what so excited. Me. That's what scares me. The fact that I don't know what I'm doing and I'm gonna sit tonight before I go to bed and just think it's like, ah, oh, crap. Here we go again. Like, um, it's, it's already fully formed. It just entered my brain. Your turn to fill in two new ideas because I've done all the last few. So Oh, Jordan, I'm so excited for Flavortown. Oh, I know God. you're talking to me, but I just all I can think about is Flavortown. Cody. Anyways, Cody, what are your plugs? Check me out at the Wandering, at the Wandering Gamer. Gamer Network. Yeah? On Twitch? Do you want to do the plugs for no, me? I you don't. can. I know, but I just love this. I love Check that we, we don't we don't have an outro, but we say the exact same things every single time, and it's really. Do you want sad. me to say something new? No, I just think it's funny that I could. Anyways, sorry, go on. If I'm you need sorry, process buddy. controls help in the Midwest, give me a call. <laughs> you know, <laughs> what do you want? Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, check me out at the Wandering Gamer Network on Twitch, YouTube, or wherever you find podcasts. Okay. And you can find me at my new podcast, These Side Characters, a podcast about cultural diversity, cultural diversity in nerd culture. Um, every week we take a different topic such as gatekeeping or representation or gaming. And we just kind of talk about it and talk about um, the good and bad, the like where it's come from, where it is. And we just we have a lot of fun somehow on some really depressing topics like gatekeeping, but um, check it out. It's so far got a lot of good feedback. Um, I will tell you that the editing gets better. Episode three has some of the worst editing I have ever done. And I apologize, but it gets better. Um, and it, it's just a lot of fun and it's been months, months in the making. Like, I think I started planning it around this time last year so it's finally out please give it a listen um i'll post the link in the description and yeah it's it's just it's a labor of love anyways and you can also check me out at something i guess zero zero at twitch.tv where i stream sometimes and that's all we got for this week we'll catch y'all on the flip side bye but cody oh bye sorry i I didn't realize you were waiting for me